welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I think I'm the boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite myself today. You're not. Who are you instead? I don't know. I feel like there's some kind of mysterious other force to what me. What would your alter, your evil alter ego be called? Who says I'm not? the evil alter ego then what's your true form called jeremy okay excellent jeremy and daniel does not have quite the same hit as jekyll and hyde which is the musical we are watching today with david hasselhoff yes indeedy wow yep i'm very excited for you to watch spongebob squarepants the movie fame Mm mm-hmm and not particularly well known for his musical theatre prowess. Didn't you see him in 9 to 5? Or wasn't he in 9 to 5? He was in 9 to 5. He was in 9 to 5 here. Yes. But when I saw it, it wasn't him. That's a shame. No. When no. I saw it, it was um, the guy from the most recent season of Doctor Who, the granddad. Oh, very cool. Yeah. He was Bradley really, Walsh. He was really funny. I like Bradley Walsh. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie Langford. So you got a good cast. Yeah, I did get a really good cast. Okay, so Jekyll and Hyde mm-hmm. is a really interesting kind of story. Yeah. The first time I ever encountered Jekyll and Hyde was in The Page Master. Did you ever see that Oh film? my god, yeah, I was fully traumatised by yeah. that film. Leonard Nimoy was... That movie was horrifying. Yeah, I think it was... Was it Leonard Nimoy? Yes. Oh my yes. god. Because I think he also voiced horror. Yeah. Patrick Stewart was adventure. Mm-hmm. And someone from last week was fantasy. Someone from last week was fantasy. Yes, voiced fantasy. What did, well, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That wasn't really... It was either her or Maggie Smith. Yes. No, it's a really good story. So I had the Mega Drive game for it. So I, I personally wouldn't say that Jekyll and Hyde is a horror I mean, it's a gothic. Yes, but I think it's the most that's as, as child-friendly horror that they could show in the Page Master. I mean, you can't really have Dracula, can you? Dracula's so. I think not that's going to be yeah, but I think that would be scarier for the target demographic of the Page Master. I suppose, but I don't think kids find vampires scary. I found vampires terrifying when I was a child. Did you? I grew into my fangs. I was obsessed with vampires yeah. from childhood. I know, I, I know entirely too much about vampires. I think the thing that's always freaked me out about Jekyll and Hyde is the transformation aspect of it. And like the way they do the transformation in that film mm-hmm. is quite scary. Mm-hmm. So I've seen other versions of Jekyll and Hyde. There yes. was a BBC miniseries with James Nesbitt. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I know of it. I didn't watch it. I thought it was really good because he's a really good actor and mm-hmm. could go creepy very well. And it was modern. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, you have to have quite a good leading man because it takes a lot of not only physical theatre, but also, like, quick change. Yes. To, not in the costume sense, but in your... Well, so this is it. When to you, go from Jekyll to Hyde and back again. Yeah, because when you do Jekyll and Hyde, you can either go full hog like Van Helsing did <laughs> and have you become like the Hulk. Yeah, not a fan. I, yeah, 
And I like it that it is literally just you're the same person, but nobody would know you've transformed. It literally is just like the slight curve of your smile is different. Someone mm. else is in control of your body. That to me is quite scary. Yeah. Well, so the way that I think it should work, and very recently we watched The Mask. Yes. I've never seen it before. It was great. When the bad guy puts the mask on, and like the magic of the mask is that you become your truer self. Yes. That's how it should work. You don't become the Hulk. You become yourself, but more. Yeah, because you like, had the Tom Cruise mummy film as well. Yeah. And you oh, had yeah. Jekyll and Hyde in it, played yeah. by Javert. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Oh my and god. I don't think he hulked up. I think it was still him, but just maybe a little bit more stronger and vicious. I can't they remember the specific. Which is funny because that's the more recent thing I've seen, and yet it hasn't resonated with me. No. So Jekyll and Hyde, I think, is quite a good story. I hope that the Jekyll and Hyde we get here, considering it's musical theatre, mm-hmm. okay, it's David Hasselhoff, so I reckon campy, but. I hope it isn't big, extravagant, like, changing costume. I hope it is a performance choice. Mm-hmm. That's how I would like Jekyll and Hyde to be done. Yes, I, I, that's the way I think it should always be done. Yeah. So, Jekyll and Hyde, the musical, came out in 1990, mm-hmm. obviously based on the 1886 novella. Took a while then to translate from yeah, a, a little page bit. to stage. So we've got, originally conceived for the stage, by Frank Wildhorn. That's a great name. Yeah. Steve Cudden, which is, I believe, how you pronounce that. I do Google how you pronounce people's names beforehand yeah. so that I can check. But And the book was by Leslie Brickersey, who wrote my one of my favourite musicals, the Lost to History Sherlock Holmes musical. Cool. I love him. And the music was also by Frank Wildhorn. So you will know Frank Wildhorn. Because he did a lot of different musicals, but specifically ones that I love. Excalibur, Wonderland, Bonnie and Clyde, Dracula the Musical, which was actually pretty good. I quite liked that one. Uh, The Scarlet Pimpernel, and he wrote some of the songs for Victor Victoria. So all ones I've not seen. Yeah, well, like, you know. I like when you have... He wrote Where Did Broken Hearts Go for Whitney Houston. I don't know that song. (laughs) I like when you have someone within this field that specialises in kind of the same genre. Mm -hmm. Like Paul Gordon has done predominantly adaptations of classic novels. A lot of Jane Austen, obviously. Um, I don't know how much, if all of those works that he's done are Jane Austen, you know, that you've got Emma, Sense and Sensibility, Mm -hmm. and Pride and Prejudice, which if you haven't listened to, check it out in the archives. One of our favourite musicals I think we've covered on this show and go watch it on Amazon absolutely go watch it on Amazon but he's kept to a similar genre through his career and I think he's done one or two that are are outside of that by the sounds of it Frank Wildhorn Mm -hmm. doing Jekyll and Hyde doing Scarlet Pimpernel doing Dracula musical has a similar kind of CV of staying within the same style yes except for one very clear outlier which is Death Note the Musical. Wow. Amazing. With Jeremy Jordan. Seriously. Yeah. Oh my days, we need to find a copy know, of that, right? please. Isn't that the most bizarre thing you've ever As heard? in Death Note, the adaptation of the manga. 
Yeah. Wow. But then and I would Laura say, Osnes as well. I would say that's still within the genre because oh, it's yeah, still, still got horror undertones. Gothic horror. Yeah. So it's not that big a mission, but that's an incredible like. Yeah. Wow. Well, and his version of Wonderland had one of my favorite cast recordings ever. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And shout out to my brother who went and saw it without me. Just saying. Rude. I will never see that musical because it won't come back here ever again. Yeah. But. Like, he's a really, really good writer for musicals and I think is overlooked by more modern audiences. Obviously, he's very well known for a lot of yeah. these things. Yeah, But I would say that nowadays he does get a little bit overlooked for bigger things. But do you think that maybe is because... Because he is within the same genre so much or maybe because you do have adaptations like this Jekyll and Hyde with David Hasselhoff, which maybe are going to come across the wrong way to people. I don't know. I don't want to judge I, I it. I get what you mean. I don't want to judge it. I've not seen it. That's the point of this. We're talking mm-hmm. about before I see this. However, well, I feel like David Hasselhoff is a choice. And I really like David Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. I think he's an actor that doesn't take himself seriously. Yeah. Once upon a time... He was attached to a WWE films project mm-hmm. called Death Deathpool. Sure. Something like that. And basically the premise was uh, who's the Spanish teacher in community? Oh, Senor Chang. Senor Chang. He had made a bet, like done like a Deadpool with like people saying who's going to be the next celebrity to die. And he chose David Hasselhoff. And the premise of the film was him trying to kill David Hasselhoff to win this bet. And David Hasselhoff was in the project. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take himself too seriously. You look at him in the Spongebob movie as well. He knows what his reputation is and he plays up to it. He's great in his cameo in Dodgeball as well. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of time for David Hasselhoff. but He seems like a cool guy. I don't really really know anything about him. But he sometimes comes across as meme level yes this did nothing for him so that's what i mean but i I can imagine it also does nothing for frank wildhorn's reputation well we're gonna get into that because a lot of things had to happen for david hasselhoff to be in that's fair i'm very excited for this one like we are officially starting our spooky season yeah we are now on our half term break which for us is the start of halloween exactly you know, we've got this. What a better way to start it off. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for this one. So we've got... When it was conceived... Yeah. It was Frank Wildhorn and Steve Cudden. Steve Cudden wrote some of the lyrics for this show. Mm-hmm. But he's generally known for being an animation writer. Cool. And he's worked on your favourite cartoon series, X-Men. Cool. The anime. Oh, that's awesome. The animated series. The Batman series. Iron Man. Shaolin Showdown, which that show was much altered. Wow. Amazing. Well, I guess, Mask. yeah, if he's working in the 90s, then absolutely he yeah. would have done a lot of TV shows Literally, that I would have he's watched. worked on everything I watched as a child. Uh, Ghostbusters, The Mask, Pig Panther, Beetlejuice, Robocop. You know, that mask was an adaptation of the mask we watched. Yeah, no, I know. It's very cool. G.I. Joe. Jeez. I know. All. Oh my God. Pocket Dragons. Do you remember Pocket Dragons? No, I think I was too obsessed with Pokemon I at the time. I loved Pocket Dragons. No, it was literally just this wizard that had all these little dragons that lived in his pocket and they got up to mischief. It had exactly the same plot line as Smurfs. I but they were dragons. The Smurfs. It was great. He did not work on the Smurfs. So we've got him. 
working with Frank Wildhorn to come up with, okay, how do we turn Jekyll and Hyde into a musical? Yeah. They call up their mate, Leslie Bucrussi, who has done uh, quite a lot of musicals, notably Sherlock Holmes the Musical, one of my favourite things ever, Doctor Doolittle the Musical, Victor Victoria, Scrooge, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Not the one that I saw. Not no, not the one, one. you saw. He also wrote the songs Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice. How old is he? Uh, he's 89. He was wow. born on the 29th of January, 1931. Wow. Yeah. Um, so still working actively in 1990 as well. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the, the Superman theme song, Can You Feel My Love? Oh, uh, I no. Thought... Can You Read My Mind? I thought you meant the do 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 do. Yeah, no, he wrote it with John Williams. Oh wow! Yeah. That's so very can cool. you read my mind? John Williams wrote the music and he wrote the lyrics. I didn't know there were lyrics to it. Yeah, the, it's the one where he's flying with Lois Lane. I've never seen the original Superman film. Oh my god, I love that film. I've really never seen. I know the ending. He turns the world around. He spins around the world super fast and rewinds time. Like, why do I need to watch it now? Because Clark Kent's adorable and yeah, watching. But... The person that you know is Superman, because those films are trash. Watching I him be have Clark a controversial Kent, hot right. take. I don't care for Superman. I don't either. I like Clark Kent. Yeah, but I don't care for Superman or any of the, the, the dynamic. I just, I'm not interested in Superman. Okay, fair hot enough. Take. The only Superman I've ever been into is Red Sun. I grew up watching Smallville, so I care yeah, a lot about I, Superman. Yeah, I didn't care for Smallville. Anyway, so... We've got all these amazing theatre yes. people being like, hey, let's write a Jekyll and Hyde musical. This will be fun. And it was after... Which, there's... Why Why do you why have not? to create it? Because it's got to serve some purpose. Why not just create something yeah, fun? Yeah, literally, that is basically what they decided to do. Yes. Um. So they wrote the score in the 1980s. Yes. And were like, this is great. We're going to do something with this. And then the 90s came and music changed. They did a demo recording in 1986. Yeah. So music's changed a lot already. Yes. They started trying to get it to Broadway and nobody would finance it, basically. So they made the concept recording. and The Hamilton mixtape. Basically. <laughs> and they kept trying with this concept recording over and over again. And they ended up having to completely rewrite the show in the 90s. Yeah change a couple of songs and a couple of things in some songs to make it more audience friendly is the way to phrase it less horror basically is what they did they tampered it down a little bit and then uh the premiere production was in 1990 in houston texas cool yeah and then it went on to have a u.s tour the year i was born nice amazing then it went to Broadway in 1997. So seven years to get to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Then well, it had... faster than fame. This is true. Then it had a second US tour. Then in 2004, it came here. Then again in 2011. And then again in 2012. Then 2013, we got a Broadway revival. Cool. And then in so again, better than fame. it went on tour again. Yeah. yeah. So people generally really like this musical. So which version... Was David Hasselhoff in over here? David Hasselhoff is in the 2001 production. But the, you said you, you kind of went straight to 2004. Well, this is the So thing. what happened? Right. Between the second US tour and it coming here, they decided that in 2000, 
they were just going to film a version of it. Okay. And to make a film, you've got to have a movie star to yeah. be in your in your film's version of a musical, obviously. So they decided that they were going to cast David Hasselhoff as Jekyll and Hyde. You've got Colleen Sexton as Lucy and Andrea Rivette as Emma. You won't know who they are. Everything you've just said to me feels very much like we're about to watch Springtime for Hitler. That Basically, they were like, that's at, our cast. At, yeah, at this point, they're kind of like, okay, so it's not making money. I know, let's make a flop because mm. that will make more money. I know, right? That is kind of how it sounds. Like, I don't want to discriminate against anyone involved in this because, again, mm-hmm. not seen it and I'm sure I'm going to have a blast. I hope I'm going to have a blast. Yeah. Campy horror musical is, is what I'm here for today. But, like, this idea, like, the struggling to make it and how much money and time, it feels like they're just like, okay, yeah, we we need to make some money now. I know. Yeah. yeah. And there was literally, like, no reason to uh, to do this, basically. So, they're making a film. Yeah. So they're making for the cinema film. or for, like, ABC type thing, like a, a TV special? Uh, it was shown on Broadway Worldwide. Yeah. They did it for DVD release, and then HBO said, we'll buy it. You can show it on HBO. Cool. And that was it. And it got shown in December of 2002. Cool. And literally no reason they cast David Hasselhoff, which is kind of hilarious because this is a professionally recorded show. Yeah. We're watching a professionally recorded show. Yes. However... They recorded two versions of it. They recorded the David Hasselhoff version. Yeah. And then for future reference, they recorded a version with his understudy, who was called Rob Evan, which is available on YouTube in full. Weird. Yeah. So there's the professionally recorded version with a Broadway actor as the lead role. And there's also the David Hasselhoff version, which is direct to DVD. It's very interesting. It's super interesting. So I remember David Hasselhoff during the early 2000s had a lot of troubles. Like I do remember like the very famous drunk YouTube video. I think it was YouTube with him crying out for a cheeseburger from like his daughters. So maybe it came at a time where he was desperate for anything. Maybe. Basically, he said, yeah, I love musicals, I'll do it. I, I'm really excited to see this. So, okay. Yeah. Who, have there ever been any bigger Broadway players who have, you know, originated or, or, or taken part in the cast? So the original Broadway production was Robert Cucoli. I believe that is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. I make no promises to pronounce everything correctly. I try my best. He started off as Lancelot in Camelot in 1987. Which he is a big Chabert role. in Les Mis. Which is a big role. Yeah. And he was in Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Was he Green Goblin? Yes. <laughs> now, if I could ever see a professional recording of that, I would be very happy. I'd love to go and see that. And I, <laughs> You I never really go and think... see that. That, that, that. that is dead. Well, so... Disney World in Florida was supposed to be opening yes. uh, Avengers Headquarters, Academy, yeah. I believe it was called. They should have built an arena and done Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as their show. Do a mini version of it. Yeah, why not? Because they're already going to have acrobats playing Spider-Man. 
I, I think that didn't can, somebody get injured every time? I'm they pretty did that certain show. somebody died. Yeah, playing Spider. I think that is enough to to kill that show. Yeah, well, that then it was and it was parodied in, in South Park. So I think you know. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like this is a show that you've struggled to find suitable actors with with a good Broadway reputation. So David Hasselhoff is a name mm-hmm. and probably a, a more bankable name than others. Yeah. So that's the vibe we're going for. Does it change this show completely? Personally, I believe so. Because I think not knowing the actor in advance yeah. lets you believe a whole lot more in Jekyll Hyde. In like that character. And I feel this a lot about musicals because one of the things I want to talk about with this is stunt casting. Yes. I have a lot of feelings about stunt casting, but in regards to this specifically, I personally think that there are a lot of shows where when you go to see them and you know of the lead role or like whoever is the stunt cast character, you stop being able to see them, or certainly I do, as their character. And I feel like oh, I'm watching David Hasselhoff as this person. Whereas I want to go and see something and forget that I'm watching whoever. I want to see the character. Okay. I I do understand that. And I think stunt casting can sometimes be detrimental, mm-hmm. especially if you cast someone who you've then got to do major rewrites. Yeah. However, would you not argue that any time we get a David Tennant or an Ian McKellen nowadays with their reputations... That is stunt casting. In theatre or in films? In theatre. Yeah. David and Tennant not so much because he's has a basis in it. But so does Ian McKellen. Is that what he said? Yes. Then... But given that nowadays a lot of I people went... know them as Gandalf, as Magneto, as the Doctor. Yeah. See, is that not stunt casting? saw them in... Ian McKellen was King Lear, the first thing I ever saw him in. David Tennant was um, Hamlet. So you didn't see Doctor Who before you saw Hamlet? No. Okay, that's fair enough. But then that's like my upbringing. No, I know, but it's one of those ones that for a new generation Mm. who only know these actors for certain roles, seeing them... Yeah, but you wouldn't go and see David Tennant in Dracula the Musical. That Why not? Was, he was great in Fright Night. But that's proper stunt casting. This is what I'm talking about. And we've got the whole Cameron Dallas situation. Yeah. Where that was not a good move for them. I, I do agree with you to an extent that like when we went to see Waitress the first time and we had Blake Harrison from The Inbetweeners. Yeah. Now you said he was one of the best ogies you ever saw. Yeah, but I couldn't see him as Ogie to start with. I was yes, watching. Whereas, and I'd agree that for me, I saw him the whole time as Neil. Yeah. But then we also had other stunt casting with Waitress of Sarah Bareilles as Jenna. However, she wrote that role for herself. I know she did, but that was stunt casting from London. Yeah, it was. I agree with that. And I've seen things with other stunt casting. I saw, I've seen Peter Davison in Legally Blonde. That's stunt casting. It is. And he was great and I didn't realise it was him yeah. for ages. I think but, when it comes to stunt casting, you can have some absolutely phenomenal actors who really do a good job at becoming the role they're playing. Mm-hmm. And you do forget. Well, I think that's down to good 
casting. And good direction. Yeah. Because if you look at somebody like Carrie Fletcher, yeah. who is a good performer in the right role, was absolutely fantastic when she was Eponine when she was younger, because that was brilliant casting. She did a really good job with that. She was very vulnerable and like open. Brilliant Eponine. And obviously, like I've seen other Eponines as well, but she was good. She was up there. Compared to her in Heathers, which if you look at the whole making of the London Heathers, that was stunt casting. She was good, but she was, Carrie Fletcher is Veronica. That's how they build it all the time. It wasn't about her playing the character. They made all of their money off of her name. Yeah. Which isn't a good idea, basically. And that's what they were going for with this. David Hasselhoff is a big name. He will make us lots of money. Yeah. There you go. But I think this is it. You're you're right that sometimes having a name attached to a project is detrimental because Mm -hmm. you either attract the wrong audience Mm -hmm. or you just, you don't see them as a character. You see them as this person is this. Yeah. And we do kind of want to go for suspension of disbelief sometimes. And we want to believe that what we are seeing is Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. And maybe David Hasselhoff isn't the person because of his reputation and kind of comedic background. Yeah. I can get that. I can get completely on board with that. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, stunt casting, it's a necessary evil because you could argue anything is stunt casting. Yeah. And well, this is the whole thing with these live musicals now. Yeah. Is that anytime is it PBS or HBO or yeah. Fox, I think... I think it's Fox, do these live musicals, like Hairspray Live and things. They cast names yeah. rather than thinking about the musical. Well, they did that. And they're doing a good job of yeah, doing Yeah, but they with... did have that issue with Grease, didn't they, where they cast Carly Rae Jepsen as Frenchie. Yeah, and to realized, their detriment, she oh, has song. she has no song. Yeah. So you, you do get moments where it is done and disadvantages. I'm very interested to see how David Hasselhoff comes across in this yeah so i always have a good time watching this yeah i think it's it's time we strap ourselves in mm-hmm. we've had the potion bubbling for a few hours now so it's time to give it a, a look see see if it's ready and we'll try it yeah and uh, hopefully the consequences won't be too dire sure we'll see what my transformation's like will i go like big green hulk or will i just be like me but little creepier smile you but angrier (laughs) (laughs) me but angry it's time for jekyll and hyde someone like you found someone like me then suddenly nothing would ever be the same my heart would take wing and I'd feel so alive if someone like you found me I live inside you forever No! 
You can never unsee this movie. We're back. <laughs> Begrudgingly, we're back. We sure are. I mean, I don't think it was that bad. I actually quite enjoy this film. I I just yeah. I think it has a rep of being terrible. And also, I just want to say before we start on anything, I think I made it sound like before we watched it that David Hasselhoff was only in the film. He had a run on Broadway. Oh, okay. Yeah, you made it sound very much that he was stunt casting for like a one-off film. Yeah, no. I was worried that I'd made it sound that way. No, he was in a run on Broadway with it being him, which is why when they made the film, they got him to be in it. Like, that's why they chose him. I don't think he was that bad. No. I I actually... He can sing really well, I think. Ooh. Okay, there are moments where it's bad, but he sings better than me, right? I think his characterization of Hyde is really good. I don't I like his jackal. I have issues with Hyde. I don't like his jackal. I think his <laughs> jackal is, is too... Um, I don't have big issues with Hyde. His Jekyll isn't controlled enough to warrant Hyde happening. Yeah. Jekyll is supposed to be like... Meek and mild. Meek and mild, but also so tightly wound that yeah. of course his version of Hyde is this like debaucherous, crazy man. Yeah, like I'm crazy going to have man. sex with all the women in London. Yeah. Because like that's how he's so wound. Yeah. I. And he he didn't come across that way. I just no. want more. He wasn't... He wasn't terrible I, I'll be honest I don't think we got enough hide for me to really pass a good judgment mm. so I didn't mind it though I thought it was okay like yeah, no. actually I think his singing is good mm -hmm. is it in line with the style of this show maybe not not really but I think he actually does a really good job yeah we I start with some true. really bad graphics though oh awful <sighs> It's like we've descended <laughs> to hell, but it doesn't really fit this. Musical hell. Yeah. Shout out, we love you. We do love musical hell. But yeah, the graphics for this. So we get a shot of the theatre with David Hasselhoff's name outside. And then suddenly Lightning. it's like really yeah. bad, like early 2000s, late 90s kind of mm -hmm. Photoshop to look like we've gone to hell. Now, which is weird considering we're not actually going to hell. It just feels like a really weird choice. I guess it's the Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, but also, like, this version of London, we're exposed to the heaven and hell sections of London. Yeah. And we're supposed to think that the gentry area is the heaven area, but actually this is the hellscape. Yeah. I think they do a good job of showing, like, the juxtaposition of rich and poor Class, and the two yeah. worlds. And I think, you know, you've got Dr. Jekyll is someone who is in the middle that... Yeah. He's not high status. Like, he is high status. I've always but... wondered this, right? I haven't read the book since I was in I've never secondary read the book. school. I've always wondered why he's marrying this girl because she's like fully upper class, hundred percent. Her she's from a rich family. She's supposed to marry somebody rich. Um, Potentially, is it like an investment in him because he is like a it prodigy? Feels like it, yeah. And this, like, he's clearly good friends with her father. Like, her mm. father tells the story, as well as his boyfriend. Yeah. Is it like they're friends and also he recognises the potential in Jekyll and actually if things go right, his daughter and his family name will 
have like a really historical lineage because of what Jekyll is going to accomplish in his lifestyle. Yeah, and he sets to gain quite a lot of money by yeah. marrying her. I just, I just always think it's really weird. I feel really bad for Emma because she deserves a lot better. I feel bad for both the female characters in this because I think they both deserve better. <laughs> yeah, there's no good female outcome of any of this. But like... Yeah, it, it's okay. So it's very interesting. Anyway. We are welcomed to Victorian London? Yeah, so the very Question first... mark? It's not clear. Obviously, no. this is an American show. Yeah, the very first song, and it's, it's basically Dr. Jekyll singing about how he wants to help people, but mm. others don't believe in him. Is he singing to his dead dad? He is singing. He's singing to his comatose father. Okay, so it's kind he's of like Beetlejuice. Dead. However, the way that they stage this in this version is that... His father is mostly nude. Yes. So he looks like a, a corpse, like in a morgue. And it's really not made clear that he's only comatose. Yeah. And like the mind has gone and he's trying to find other ways to restore the mind. Mm -hmm. We have got a weird like narration from his best friend and his future father-in-law. Yeah. It's a very weird choice for the direction of the show in the fact that... You've got them both talking over each other. So we're seeing stuff that on screen we wouldn't see on stage, which is always weird. Mm. And then I was like, oh, we can see Dr. Jekyll through all this. And it felt like a pre-recorded thing. No, it's just the, the backlights are up against the, the curtain. So we yeah, see through like the curtains. Yeah, it's a mesh curtain. Which, fine. Okay, it stopped being weird. But I still find, I found it weird when you blended the two different sides of the stage, like stage left, stage right, together to give them the... the mm -hmm. Like, it's a weird choice. Yeah, so Jekyll sings Lost in the Darkness... He's got a weird ponytail. He does, but it only becomes important later. I know, but I if it, it, it looked off on him, I think, because I'm so used to Hasselhoff with short hair. Yeah. Seeing him with his ponytail was just It's weird. quite a good wig, though. Oh, I thought it was a tremendous wig. I think they've actually done a really good job with the, the styling. Mm -hmm. Like, the costumes in this and the the hair in this is, is so beautifully done. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought they did a good job. The wigs in the show are great. Yeah. Really, really good wigs. Costumes, some of them I like. Some of them are just so wildly, like, not of the era that they're supposed to be from. Yeah, they're anachronistic. Yeah. And it, it would be great and a really interesting choice if that was the whole show. Like, they all were like that. But it's only really specific characters. Yeah. Which I just find very strange. Like, specifically, a lot of the trousers in this are very weird out-of-time trousers because they're wearing, like, modern dress pants. Maybe this is alternate reality, then. <laughs> Maybe. Like, alternate reality Victorian. Yeah. It wasn't enough to, like, pull me out of the story. It's just something No, I, I mean, it. sometimes, like, I think you have to accept mm -hmm. there's not always going to be perfect historical accuracy. I think it's jarring sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, if we were going to watch Hamilton, where there is such a big deal about the history... Yeah. And then we have like very anachronistic clothing. Like I think it would pull you out of the story to an mm. extent. And we go straight into facade, facade. We go straight into facade. 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 Yes. Our first facade. Yes. Our How first many facades many? shall we have? I don't know. This one feels like it's either the male version of Lovely Ladies or mm. it's just a different version of At the End of the Day, you're in another it's day. It's exactly... Oh, at the end of the day. Musically, this is so similar to Les Mis. 
Yeah. Like, I really feel like this is... I was half expecting them to just sing the entire time. I kind of wish they did. Yeah. I, I wish it... it was, like, more Phantom-esque. Not so much as they is, but, like, Phantom levels where... Yeah. Because they obviously wanted to make this operatic. Yeah. 100%. And, and then decided not to at the last minute for yeah. some reason. There's a really nice line in this song. Each man you meet on the street isn't one, but two. <gasps> Clever line. Excellent. Like... Which I think is true of everyone. Like, this is the whole point of Jekyll and Hyde is, you know, we have our private selves and our public selves. Yeah. One of my favourite drama practitioners is Antonin Artaud. Mm -hmm. And he developed Theatre of Cruelty. And he basically was like, inside each of us is a savage who has dark thoughts but doesn't act on them because they're not part of our social norms. Mm -hmm. And the power of theatre to let us experience things like this and get out our deprived side safely... Things like the fear mazes at like Thor Park or horror experiences and escape rooms are that kind of theatre potentially, mm-hmm. like nowadays. Yeah. And I like the idea that within this show, you could, as an actor, really, really let go of that savage side inside, like having fun with with playing Hyde and Jekyll and the two men. Yeah, for sure. It's a re- and I think they do a lot within this show to really up the juxtaposition between private, personal, rich and poor. Like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Hyde is the working man, whereas Jekyll is the higher class. Like, even the way they speak and the way they dress changes. Oh, I could write an essay on that. But it's true, though, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, Hyde still benefits from all of those upper class, like mannerisms and yeah. opportunities and the way that he speaks still it's yeah. not like he gets rough no exactly but there's a rougher element to him yeah a random topless man appears and he was one of the the men who was so poor he couldn't even afford a shirt was he topless yeah there was a topless man just literally we're in the middle of like looking at the rich Jekyll's versus poor dad? <laughs> no it wasn't it was just this random bloke who is part of the poor crew and he was all part of like the the um, market. Was he type actually source. topless, yes. or was he just wearing like a no, nude? No, hundred percent. He was topless. He was this muscular. I did man. not notice this. At it all. was so weird because you've got everyone going about like town, complaining about the rich, and you've got this one bloke who can't even afford a shirt. Did he? W- I'm so confused. Did he look like he was a labourer, like he was supposed to be I working? Mean, he would look like a labourer, but he's definitely doing like elegant ballet. Well, yeah, but did it look like he's supposed to be, like, a labourer character? Yeah. Right. Okay. It's just interesting. He's not just shirtless dude in the middle of London. He might have been shirtless, mm. just just for no other reason than why not. I mean, he had great abs. I would be showing off abs like that if I could. Of course. So, Jekyll is going to the Board of Governors for St. Jude's Hospital. Yes, there's lots of big names in this meeting, and I was especially pleased to see Mr. Bumble there in attendance. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that guy's called. But he's Mr. Bumble. My head canon is he's Mr. Bumble. Yeah. And obviously he's a man uh, about town. He, is he he's Utterson? Possibly. But he runs the orphanage. Yeah. And, you know, he's a big, big presence in this town. Like he's one of the town governors, the town elders, yeah. you know, doing the greater good. And, mm. and yeah, he's on this panel for no other reason than he runs the orphanage. Yeah. And he's about to go sell some boys. Basically. I mean, we learned some things about these characters later. Yeah. But not specifically him. So what he, what, 
How would you describe what he wants from them? He wants their money and their funding because he's got a drug that's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. And he's practiced on animals. Yeah. And he's now ready for human lab rats. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we're not going to risk this. He's like, but there's loads of poor people. He's like, he no. doesn't. It's not poor people he wants to test on. He wants the mentally. Um, he wants someone from a madhouse. Yeah, he wants he wants people like because he's trying to cure them. What he wants is is to prove that he can restore the brain. Mm-hmm. So this is when it becomes clear it's set in England, and yet his accent. I'm quite glad they didn't try and make him do anything. No, but I wish there was some kind of reference as to why Mister Jekyll clearly isn't from London. Like they treat it like he's always just. You know, London are born and raised. Could they not just say, that he, you know, could we not have He's some... from the Americas. Yes, yeah. the colonies. He wants to control good and evil. And he believes he can isolate evil and eradicate it. Yes, he wants to pursue the truth. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, so he needs a test subject and they're in a mental institution, but the people don't believe him. And what makes you think you have the right to play God? Mm. Which is a really good point. I mean, yes, he could cure them, but should he? I like the ethical dilemma there, because who's to say he will actually improve people and he's not just going to put these test subjects through horrible process and they're all going to die? Yeah. And I, that does feel like the board of directors are thinking about the human element. Yeah. Like, I will say this. At this point in time... Yes, they're clearly positioned as villains because they are opposing Jekyll, who is our protagonist, who we but see the world from. their ethics are kind of on point. At this point, it does seem like they are making a decision solely because of the ethics. It's not because they're thinking about, we can't finance this, sorry, but no. They are thinking about the welfare of the people within the asylum. Mm-hmm. I will give them that. Well, also, the way that he describes what he his drug is going to do would not make you think, oh, yeah, let's give that to somebody who is already really unwell. Yeah. Because like, it just sounds like it will hurt them. He doesn't sound like... He never sounds convinced that what he's doing is a good thing. No. It, it's always just experimentation. What it is for him is he's so dedicated to potentially reviving his father that he's 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 not thinking He's about, lost the human element. Yeah, he's it. actually like... It's almost like his father was the one human element to him. Which yeah. is interesting because I think then Hyde is a superhuman version of him because like Hyde has a sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And you've wronged people, so Hyde is going to be judge, jury and executioner. For sure. Or judge, Judy executioner, as I really <laughs> like from Hot Fuzz. There's a really good choral, no, from the Board of Governors. This is a good song. <laughs> I liked this song. Yeah, this is Jekyll's plea. And we get a really nice line. Which, which helps me feel better about the accent. This is England, you know, not the continent. So he's not English. No. Which is good. I needed that. That's mm. it. I'm happy now. I needed something that kind of explained why his voice was different. Yeah. In this, in this world about how someone can turn from good to evil like that, I needed a little bit more reality. Yeah. So Sir Danvers, who was a part of this board meeting was sort of trying to stand up for Jekyll and actually at the end... He doesn't vote. He's, he refuses yeah. to vote because he 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 knows he can't vote for Jekyll because he doesn't agree with it, but he doesn't want to vote against him. Yeah, because, because he wants to encourage him and support him. His friend him. Yeah. and future son-in-law. Is there a word for that? It's just future son-in-law. Future son-in-law. Son-in-law to be. Yes. 
So we leave Jekyll and we travel with Danvers at this point to the party, yes. the engagement party for Jekyll and Emma, who spends this whole party trying to convince people that marrying him is a good idea. We do, but we get um, Pursue the Truth first and we get a bit more introduction to John. Yeah. Is John Jekyll's boyfriend? Because they feel very close. John Danvers? Yes. Oh no, John Utterson. Yeah. Yeah. So he feels... he. It's, yeah. I don't really understand what their relationship is. No, it's not, well, he's the lawyer. He's his, his, his lawyer. His attorney, yeah. Attorney. But they feel very close. Um, this song, I also felt very... It sounded very lame is, but also a little bit of Hunchback and Notre Dame. Mm, yeah, I feel that. But Jekyll is going ahead with his plan and research. He's not going to stop. Yeah. And we go back to our first reprise of Facade. Facade. I'm not going to get this right the entire, the entire show, <laughs> am I? You're just going to say it wrong. Facade. Yeah. Okay. Have you never seen it? You can cut this, obviously, but if you never heard anyone say facade before. No, I have. Like, cut the facade, but I just struggle trying to remember words sometimes. <laughs> I'm breaking it down going, facade? Facade. Facade. <laughs> but <laughs> we get a really nice line where somebody says it's, it's, it's facade. Oh, my days. Facade, <laughs> number one. Yeah. Frankenstein's on the loose, which, like, forget the torches. I thought that was cool. Yep. So clearly... The gothic horror exists in this world. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Yeah. And the sage is amazing. Like, I really like the way they've done the sage. Mm. Um, it's small, but I think they're making the most of it. And it's some not of even the... small, it's shallow. Yeah. Like... And some of the transitions they make are just gorgeous. Yeah. We've just got... It's basically just the stage floor, then a couple of steps up to a platform. Mm. And then occasionally we get that goes away and we get something else instead. But, but it's like wheels on and off. It's so cool. Yeah. And then we go to Emma. Mm. Your name raises a dilemma. <laughs> Not much hangs with Emma. Yeah, basically. I love the high society costumes. Yeah. But they Wouldn't haven't it... ever seen poor people or mad people. Obviously like... not. Wouldn't it suck to be this girl? Mm. You're at your engagement party. Because people are supposed to be here celebrating you and your future husband. And first of all, he's not here. He hasn't shown up. No. And second of all, people spend half the party being like, you realise you should just dump him. Yeah. When she's she is in love with him. Yeah, this isn't some sort of marriage for like... You it's know, not a convenience yeah, or anything. It's actually that there's a genuine emotion between... Yeah. I don't understand why he's marrying her, but I get why she's in love with him. Yeah. But yeah, we do have a weird shot of both sides of the stage again when oh. Emma finally does see... What's his first name? Was it Harold? Henry. Henry. Henry Henry uh, Jekyll. Is yeah. he Henry Hyde then? Yeah. That's a, such a superhero name. Like Peter Parker's alternate reality version. I'm pretty Henry sure Hyde. there is a book where the character is called Henry Hyde cool. and his power is like he essentially hulks out. And becomes Jekyll. Be interesting. No, he's, he's Hyde. Oh, he's okay. called Henry Hyde. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And we get fireworks inside and outside. Yes. Like, you know, weird. Mm. So some of, some of the choices in the direction is just... Is yeah, it's very strange. Fun. But... Would you take me as I am? Not if you were Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> but we don't know that at this point. He's just regular old Jekyll. He sucks, though. Right. For, he's late to their engagement party... Then when he shows up, he joins in on the you shouldn't be marrying me yeah. parade. In which case, just break off your engagement. So what feels really weird here 
is like his suave flirtations are more David Hasselhoff than Henry Jekyll, I feel. Yeah. And I feel the reason you don't like Jekyll is because it's it's very David Hasselhoff. I just think, I think I could like this character a lot more if he was really shy. Yeah. And wound tightly. And so his even his conversations with Emma are like stilted. Yeah. And then you get these little soft moments with like Take Me As I Am. Yeah. Where actually you see how much he does care about her. Mm. And then he goes back to being really yeah. like tightly wound and, and tied up. And you realise like, oh, okay, this is the facade. This yeah. is him. He he literally cannot break through this like glass wall, yeah. Version of himself. And he needs Hyde to do that. Whereas we've got David Hasselhoff being charming yeah. and flirting with this girl. And it's just like, why why am I supposed to believe that you wouldn't just be Hyde right now? If you put a half-white mask on him at this point, we would be watching That's All I Ask of You from Phantom of the Opera. Because he is basically That's the Phantom. That's All I Ask of You is Raoul. Oh, is not it? Not Phantom. Okay, well, yeah. he is basically the Phantom at this yeah. point. Like, he, the way he acts and like the things he's saying, he's almost like the Phantom. Kind of. I think he is very Raoul in that this version of Jekyll is so bland. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've said she takes him as he is. Great. But will Hyde change the deal? And then we no. get letting go and he doesn't want to let I her go. go. Yeah. So that's it. And then we get facade, facade two. Mm-hmm. Now we have the Thernadiers. Thernadier. Yeah. Spider. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's basically that. I hate him. They go to a burlesque for his stag do. Yes, it's called the Red Hat. Yep. And then we go to Nobody Knows Who I Am. Yeah, so we're introduced to Lucy. Who is she and why should I care? She's a prostitute. And And why should I care? And nobody knows who she is. And she feels bad about that. And fairly obviously, she's, she's going to become Hyde's love interest. But also, she, I felt like she's definitely going to become the Hyde love interest. Yeah. Like I didn't, I don't know the source material that well, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't think Hasselhoff would cheat on her. Like I thought Jekyll would have nothing to do with her, but it would be technically cheating because Hyde would, and mm-hmm. Hyde would be drawn to her lifestyle. So I was disappointed that Jekyll got with her. Yeah. It should have been Hyde only, mm-hmm. but I guess like that's kind of the point. Is like Jekyll is. Yeah. Becoming more Hyde-like in his day-to-day life as a result. Right. I'm about to go on a rant about the next song. Well, good and evil. Yeah. Good is evil and therefore all evil is good. I hate this song. (laughs) Mostly because this song replaces one of my favourite musical theatre songs. Oh, really? Yes. Bring on the men. Which is a song that sounds like it belongs in a burlesque club is upbeat and sort of like raunchy enough to be enticing the audience she's supposed to be playing to Mm -hmm. and also has a couple of really like great double entendres in it it has some good layering so you understand that like while she is singing about being all sexy and stuff she's also really uncomfortable with it amazing as opposed to Good and Evil, which is like, oh, I wonder what the theme of this show is. I was going to say, mm. this song is very thematic. like And on the nose. And she doesn't seem yeah. like she's having a good time. Going from No One Knows Who I Am, which is like a sad ballad, yes. to Bring On The Men, 
shows you this character. But it's the more so of this two different more. people, isn't it? Like yeah. the public side. So she side. has who she actually is, who is this young girl who feels like she has nothing in life and she's going nowhere and like what choice does she have but to be who she is to amazingly raunchy performer provocative who's capturing all these men's interests so easily and she has all the power in that situation yeah and like i might have had more sympathy for her as a character seeing that there's more of a vulnerable side and then a livelier side right like- it just upsets me so much. Yeah. Anyway, after they did the run of this show with this song in it, yeah. people disliked it so much that in the next iteration of Jekyll and Hyde, they brought back Good. Bring on the okay. Men. Interesting. Because it just makes way more sense of her character. That's fair. I mean, I'll now, I didn't know it. she was a prostitute. I just thought it was like a burlesque place. So I, I wrote down the note, Jekyll doesn't know it's look, not touch. But apparently, maybe it's okay to touch in these places. I... I think at this point it's burlesque, yeah. and then she is a prostitute. Welcome to burlesque. <laughs> but at the like in inside the club, yeah. I think it is look not touch. Gothic John that. Lennon threatens Lucy. I Spider. Assume, yeah, Gothic John Lennon. That's what I thought of when I saw Which him. is what Hyde ends up looking like. Yeah, which, which is, really mm-hmm. freaks me out. Yeah. And we get his to the knight, and to his credit, he's loyal to Emma at this point. He's he's like, yeah. nope, I'm not going to do anything. And he's actually just being like, look, you seem like you're in a rough situation. Yeah. Can I help you out here? But so this is it, and I'm kind of thinking at this point, like, okay, he's doing the right thing. He, you know, it's going to be Hyde's choice to cheat. I guess him cheating is is the immediate after effects of Hyde bleeding into his personality. There, but like, even when he's Jekyll, there's a little bit Hyde about him. But isn't the point right? Here's my philosophy. The point Hyde of Jek- was always there. Yeah, Jekyll was always Hyde. He was just too up himself. No, to and show agreed. It. But the problem is because now he's completely let go to yeah. a point where Hyde has taken over. Things have bled in more quickly than they usually would. And in this case, mm-hmm. he's cheating. So the cheating is the kind of thing yeah. that was always going to be there. Yes, but he never he acted on it. Sucked. Yeah. Even when he was Jekyll. <laughs> so we go to. Now there is no choice because Henry's going to experiment on himself. And his dad was a fine gentleman, apparently. Mm-hmm. This is the moment. Sure. Yeah. It's the I want song. Like, I want to be successful. I want to make change. Yeah. And we learn that Dr. Jekyll is a Jedi. He uses the force to empty the room and set up his lab. He stands in the middle of the stage, uses the force... And the library disappears and the lab rolls on. Hmm. I thought that was a great, uh, a great Hyde has a different first name. Does he really? <laughs> He's Edward Hyde. Of course he is. I've heard that before. But I don't understand why. But I mean, why would he have a different surname? It's a different persona. That makes literally no sense. This whole concept makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to add sense to something. Yeah, but why? Like... If they're the same person, I understand them having different surnames and him just being like, my name is. Do you know what it probably Hyde. is? Do you know what it probably is? It's like a say, pseudonym. Pseudonym, yeah. Pseudonym. Uh, well, so they were introduced as if they were separate characters. Yes. And then you find out that they're the same person. But that's what I mean, is it's probably completely a case of like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that loser, Dr. Jekyll. I'm, I'm Edward Hyde, I am. That's so weird. Like, it's probably done to, you know, help keep him safe because he doesn't want people to recognise his true weak form. Yeah. Like, Edward Hyde is 
also very intelligent and knows for a fact that people, if they learn, will go after Jekyll, who is weak and won't fight back. Yeah. So probably it's, he's like, yeah, if I go by, you know, Jekyll's name, I'm putting myself at risk. Mm. So it's probably for that reason. When David Hasselhoff sings, he throws some really interesting shapes. Yeah. Like with his arms, they're like, oh! Which is interesting. Mm. But he's going to finish as he started, alone. Of course, because he sucks. And we go into the first transformation and he serenades This is where you thought this would end. I thought this was the end of Act One. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very long. That This is our 15th song. And I'm kind of like, huh, okay, it's going on a while. And I just want to kind of get to the meat of it. Like, I really wanted more Hyde. And it feels like a long old time without Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. But he is. He's singing to a needle. This is like Sweeney Todd where he sings My Friends. Yeah. What should be happening here, in my opinion, yes. is up until this point, we should have had completely timid, tightly wound Jekyll. Mm-hmm. I know I've said this over and over again. At this point when he's singing alive we should see Hyde start to happen. Yeah. But in that, it's Jekyll letting go hmm. before he turns into Hyde I think fully. the thing is, a lot of Jekyll comes across as just David Hasselhoff. Yeah, it does. And he's not meek enough. So. Yeah, and I'm not criticising. I liked the depiction of Jekyll. Like, I kind of liked this guy where he was like, I'm going to stand up for what I believe hmm. in. Do you get what I mean, though? Yeah, no, I do. I do. You know, I would like a meeker version. We get a really nice bit. So he... Uh, is writing in his little diary. 3.58. It is done. Stings the gums. Yeah. Sting <laughs> sensation in gums. Yes. No noticeable behavioural difference as he uncharacteristically laughs. Yeah. Which I That love. was great. That's yeah, hilarious. no, it is. And the tone... I mean, the reason you're not supposed to test on yourself is because you're supposed to write notes as you observe yeah. it happen. The tone changes massively. It is a comedy as he straddles the floor. Like, it really does look like he's... Yeah, his movements are quite His movements funny. are quite funny. And then when the face comes up with the hair, mm. it's Robert Carlyle's Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah, kind of. He looks... I can get that. He looks so like Rumpelstiltskin. And mm. obviously this came first. But for me, as a big Once Upon a Time fan, he, he looked so like Rumpelstiltskin. And it just made me think, a version of this where Robert Carlyle played Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, my days. Yes, please. That doesn't have to be a musical, but I would like to see Robert Carlyle do Jekyll and Hyde. Because he's brilliant. He's he's so brilliant. And he comes across a lot like a caveman. And I just feel this is the point where I'm like, is David Hasselhoff the actor to, to do this role? Because there's a lot of gurning to his performance. Hmm. Which, like, in hindsight... I guess, yeah, he's experimenting with this brand new sensation of who he is and he's testing out everything. So I'm going to forgive that. I'm going to rescind that note. Mm-hmm. And I do think he does do a really good performance here to become very different. Like his eyes are wider. and it is Yeah, he looks unhinged. He does look pretty unhinged. Good. And it is the first time he had done it. So we go to a live. He also looks like Tommy Wiseau from The Room. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> but I do like his more casual formal attire, like the changing clothes for... Jekyll and Hyde is, is fantastic. I think they both look very different and suit the personalities. Yeah, and he's wearing, uh, well, I don't know how to describe it. There is an actual name for it. It's like a wax coat. Yeah. As a Jack the Ripper to, coat. Yeah, basically. There is a proper name for it, but I think a wax coat is the best way I can describe it. It's essentially what a cabman would have worn yeah. because it's waterproof. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a rain mac, essentially, mm. but as a cape. And that is not a upper class coat. Like they would have worn, he would have been wearing wool if he was yeah. still trying to look upper class. But like he's quite happy to look like whatever now because mm. he doesn't care. No. Which like <laughs> goals. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is it exactly. But it is because weeks have passed. Mm hmm. He's become more absent because of his work. And yep. Emma is very supportive. The work is more important than she is, which is sad. I don't. This I, is why I don't understand why she's with him. Yeah, because I feel like she should have more self worth and more value to herself. 100%. Like, and I know she's a, a woman in Victorian London, and like her worth is marriage. Her worth is how many goats she would get. Obviously. I'm worth 12 goats. Okay, good. I look know. forward to getting my 12 goats. <laughs> Is that how it works? I asked my dad one time how many goats he thought I was worth, and he said one and a chicken. And I was like, I'd rather have, I think I'm worth more than that. I looked it up though. I am worth 12 goats. There is a website where you can find out how many goats you're worth. Cool. So John is speaking to the master of the house, the housemaster. You know, the... How, uh, the valet. Yeah, that's yeah, Paul. it. Is his name Paul? Pool. Oh, pool. P-O-O-L-E. Pool. Pool. Yeah. He's not alone, but I would not have admitted a man of that sort into this house. Yeah, so Paul never let anybody into the house. Yeah. However, there are two men's voices. Which is great. Coming from the I like this, the, the fact lab? that... Is even, it a lab? Yeah. Even though they're the same person, like, I can imagine that Hyde speaks a completely different tone of voice. And it's just like, you wouldn't ever look at them and think they're the same. And Jekyll gives John some letter. He goes, if I go missing suddenly for a while, and he looks a lot more unkempt and he looks tired. You know that scene in the first Doctor Who Christmas special? Mm. And he's like, I could ruin your career. With a few words. Yeah. Doesn't he look tired? Doesn't she look tired? I hate that. No, I know. But he looks very tired here. Like, he definitely looks like something's wrong. Mm. And we go to his work. The layer of voices here is brilliant. You've got everyone singing about his work. Like, loads of people are invested in Jekyll. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. A young lady is here. Ooh, la la, a young lady. How exciting. And he thinks it's going to be Emma. And in comes Lucy. Yes. And instead of sending her away, he invites her in. Because he can see... That she's been a bit roughed up. Do you think he's going to my fair lady her? Where like he's going to... Like... I said that. <laughs> I said that when we were watching it. It was like, and the rest of this movie is just my fair lady. But it turns out that gothic John Lennon is abusing her. Yeah, that um, Spider has been abusing her for refusing to sleep with clients. Yeah. I don't know that that's the word I want. And I but... just think that Hyde is going to wreck him. <laughs> sure. But then... I feel she sings sympathy. sympathy tenderness. But it's not John Lennon. It's Hyde that's abusing her. Yeah. Which I think is really like, oh. Yeah, basically. She says it's a guest that she's been having regularly. Yes. And that she won't ever forget him because of like what he's like. And she won't forget his name because he has a dangerous name. It's called Hyde. Yeah, and I was like, oh. But even Jekyll's like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> And he's sorry, so sorry. Which, yeah. like, I guess he's like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I don't know what to say here. 
Yeah, and he puts, I guess, ointment on her back because her back's all yes. bruised. And then he cheats on Emma. Yeah. Which is a shame. So we get someone like you. Never thought I'd find someone like you. Yeah, and I don't really understand why she likes him other than that so, he was like a good doctor. Did she say the night or has no time passed? It no time like, has yeah. passed. I, he runs off because he starts to get really angry that she kissed him. Yeah. I kind of get the sense here that, like, maybe he's the first person, like, Jekyll is the first person to treat Lucy as something other than a prostitute. Probably. And that's why she's so enamoured with him, because, like, he sees her for the real Lucy and not, like, her job. Sure. He knows who she is behind the yes. uh, character that she plays at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out she's a Jedi too, and she uses her powers to turn it into the lab. That is cool, though. It's I a like very that. cool effect. Yeah. Very cool effect. And we get the creepy reverend. Yes, the Bishop of Basingstoke. Yeah. Who it turns out is Peter Parr. Yes. Um, and the woman who runs the red hat comes back with a young woman for his evening it's a it's a girl it's yeah. a child and it, but it's a grown woman but playing, she's playing but she's doing a, a really good job and it's very un, it's very uncomfortable mm. and he says as they're leaving he says something like you must say your prayers tonight or oh something. yeah this no. kid can't even talk no but it's the way he's like oh won't you say your prayer? like it is just yeah it's horrible it's gross and high <laughs> shows up no the best thing though is that he says something about charity. Yeah. It, like, it spares me no expense to provide charity for the youth or something like that. And she's like, well, we're not a charity. Yeah. So that he'll pay up because yeah. she is selling this girl, essentially. Yeah. And then, yes, Hyde shows up and actually does us all a favour. So Hyde is right. Yeah. And correct in saying that Romeo is disgustingly old. Like they, mm -hmm. they talk about Romeo, he's like, Romeo is, is disgustingly old compared to your Juliet. Yeah. And we go to a live, and I think the Reverend won't be alive much longer. Probably not. His blows don't look violent enough, to be completely honest with you. Like, I no. feel like, I know we're staging it, and obviously it's musical. Theory. I no, think we can make it worse than this. I do for sure. genuinely think these blows need to look more violent. Like this is where I start to have issues with Hyde, is it feels like he's still reserved. Yeah. He needs you to need be, to let it go. He really does need to let it go and he needs to wallop the Reverend. Mm. If he's going to do this and if he's gonna to commit to being this violent who's doing savage things, mm. it's too restrained. Restrained for me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like I think partly you wouldn't notice this if you were in the auditorium. Oh, no. This is a you are picking up on it because it's being filmed. Yeah. So like in wrestling, you want it to look violent. You want it to look like it hurts. And unless you are there in person, you're probably not going to see it as, as much. But sometimes when you get the TV angles... Some you can TV, see where they're holding away. You can see where they're holding or you can see where they're throwing punches and it doesn't work. And I think maybe if you were in the auditorium watching this... It would have been looked violent because we're watching a close-up of this. Well, so that's how I feel about the next thing that happens, which is he sets the bishop on fire. Yes. And I'm sure from an audience angle that looks incredible. Yeah. However, it was a really weird film angle. They could have just filmed this from the audience or from the pit, you know? Yeah. But they filmed it from a weird angle where you could see the gap between where the flames were coming up from the uh, stage. Yeah. And where the guy was lying. And there was a good 
like foot gap, which when you're in the audience is nothing. You can't see it. No. But it's weird. It's some weird choices. Yeah. But we get the interval. Yes. And we come back to murder. Murder, murder. I like John narrating. I I really like the theme of him narrating things. It works. Yeah. And it's like newsies. And I start wondering. <laughs> Because it's all about, you know, have you heard the news? Yeah. I started thinking, did Hyde kill him for not approving the drug trial or because he was creepy? Is Hyde a hero or a vigilante for justice, in inverted commas? Mm -hmm. And we get another one of his is gone. It's the first. I was actually just about to say this to you before the interval part. It's like, it is a really good thing that he kills this guy because obviously this guy's a... A creep. A creep and evil. However, he's not doing it for that reason. No, he's not. And some of these other people, I feel like, really don't deserve this. No, because we don't get enough that kind of says about why... Like, I could completely understand and maybe sympathise with Hyde more if we thought these people were actually, like, hypocrites and awful people. But some of them are just killed because of what they did. Like, it is Hyde. Well, the woman that's on that board... Yeah. First of all, we have no idea how she ends up on that board. No. Because... It's very impressive that she is in the position that she is, especially on a medical board. Yeah. And it doesn't really make any sense. Like, the way that he kills her, too, is just horrible. Yeah. And it's all just very, like... It is. And Mr. Bumble dies, and we get lines, he hates the upper class, highs is more working class, and the high class are obnoxious and gross. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I... I... I definitely it's weird he shouldn't want revenge on these people for like not approving the trial because arguably if the if they'd approve the trial Hyde wouldn't exist Hmm. so it's definitely Hyde doing it for perverse pleasure but maybe he's latched on to Jekyll's resentment and that's why he's doing it yeah it is but it's it's weird he should be like these guys I should be buying them a pint because without them I wouldn't exist Except that he is still holding on to that like resentment. No, I know he is. That like, is that's he's been not the one that's him. in charge of his own yeah. experiments. How quick must the costume change be for Jekyll to hide? Like, that's a very, very quick change. Cause, it's just an overcoat. Well, it is an overcoat, but it's also getting the hair back. But it's also, I guess... I did wonder about that. I think only half of his hair comes down. I think it's in a ponytail yeah. the whole time. And there's a, a section of yeah. it. But when it's under his hat, he can part. Yes. And then the rest of the time, it, but it he can is part like. It. But then when he goes back, like it, it's definitely a lot to get quickly sorted for. I think it must just snap on at the yeah. back or something. It's, I think it's quite interesting. There's, there's definitely it's a good wig. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the quickest and the most elaborate costume changes. Like compared to Legally Blonde, what we saw there, it's definitely no. not as impressive. But I still do think like it's actually quite impressive. He goes on and he's jackal. He goes off and he comes on and he's hide like. Yeah, some dresser backstage is doing a really good job with sorting his hair out. But I do think Hyde doesn't always look intimidating enough. I do think sometimes he looks kind of panto. Like, ha-ha. The reveal at the station was great. Yeah, so the the woman who's on the board and your Mr. Bumble... Well, Mr. Bumble's already dead at this point. He's he's earlier. Yeah, so they're killed. So Mr. Bumble's killed in the street. Mm -hmm. And then... The woman is killed on her way out of a party yes. or a dinner or something. So some with, of them are trying to escape to Scotland. Well, along with another man. Yeah. Her husband is there when she dies and then he runs off stage. 
And then we go to the train platform. We find out he's running away to Scotland to try and get away. And he tells, is it Danvers? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, he tells Sir Danvers that he tried to save them. He's like, oh, I tried to save my wife. I tried and I fought so hard. No, you didn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. Say whatever you want. As if. Yeah. You just watched your wife get strangled to death by a pearl necklace. He's definitely running away to Scotland to be with his mistress. For sure. That's where one goes to 100%. be with one's mistress. Um, but Emma is now in trouble because she finds Jekyll's lab and starts reading his notes. Yeah. You go to Once Upon a Dream. And I do think Jekyll looks scared. Yeah. I think he definitely... I feel like this is a song someone would say as they die or as their loved one dies more than anything else. Like, he's definitely kind of worried about Emma at this point. Like, what's going to happen to her? You don't want to mm. summon the other guy. I do want Jekyll's coat. Yeah. I, I think I like I could wear that. Mm-hmm. But it's really appropriate we watch this today. Why? Because his diary note said October 7th. Oh, yeah. And what is today? October 7th. Yeah. How weird that. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote, I wrote October 7th. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I, w- I love it when things work out that way. Mm. Obviously, <laughs> this won't be released on October 7th. No, no, exactly. Like You can see how far in advance we, we prep our episodes when we're nice and organised. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's October 7th today. <laughs> come to you from the past. Yes, we are speaking to you from the past. John is eavesdropping. And uh-oh, because he's he's read the note. It turns out he's bequeathed everything to Edward Hyde, yeah. which I wrote down that note. So we did know his name was Edward. So yeah. <laughs> how quickly we forgot that over the past. Yeah, because like... Utterson comes in and is like, who is Edward Hyde? Why is this man your sole yes. heir when you're engaged to be married? Yeah. But also, like, I feel like, did Jekyll write this? That Hyde wrote it. Yeah, 100%. But we get the line here. I can't really picture Hyde sitting doing paperwork. No, but I think this is an absolutely brilliant line from David Hasselhoff. Mm. He's found the perfect hiding place. Mm. <laughs> we get the song Obsession. I literally wrote no notes for Obsession. I wrote Obsession, three out of five. Four, his eyes, four out of five. Two. In his eyes is great. Yeah, no, no, I like in his eyes, but I wrote no notes for obsession. His eyes, two women love him and they sing about him. Yes. There's nothing gentle in those eyes. No. I like this song, but I don't care about these characters. No. There's nothing. <sighs> I I think the only reason I care about them is because I'm watching them like, you need to get yourself out of this situation. Right. And this guy sucks. Even if you're in love with Jekyll, like, this guy sucks. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, Emma's arguably had a little bit more character development than Lucy. I was I feeling... It's the at other this, way around. Well, I felt at this point one of them only exists to die. And I don't know which one it is, so I don't care about either one of them. Because they're only going to be set up to die. Fair enough. To be completely honest with you, which is bad. Well, and, it know, is obviously going to be Lucy that dies because she's... Working well, class you and a say prostitute. that, but you say that, but who has Hyde been killing? I know it's the upper class, exactly. But so it's not like I don't know. I could see. It just, I, feel I like could this... so see Hyde killing Emma as a threat to Jekyll being like, right, 
I'm taking away what you love. But that's why he kills Lucy. No, I know, because like... He's because like, he's like, oh, you care about this one? But it's also... Yeah, but that's what I mean. But this time I could totally have seen em- that happening to Emma. The thing is, Emma should be a better character. And I'd love to see like an Emma written in 2020, like as a, you know, kind of bit more fleshed out character mm. where actually she does stand up for herself and is like, your work is not more important than me. Mm. I'd like to see more depth from her. Yeah, I really expected her. I know why. I haven't obviously haven't seen this in a really long time, but I, no. I expected, I think I got her muddled up with, I think it's Elizabeth in Frankenstein. Yeah. In that Elizabeth is like, you need to stop working so much, come home. Yeah. You know? That's what I thought she was like, but I think I'd gotten it muddled up with Frankenstein. Yeah. So we now go to Dangerous Game. Yes. And Hyde is here to play with Lucy. I really like this one. I do think sometimes that he's just too funny. Like, again, I feel like Hyde is too panto. Yeah. He doesn't feel sinister enough. And maybe that's David Hasselhoff's performance or maybe that's just how they've written Hyde. I think he needs to be far more imposing. Yeah, I feel like in this scene, we should be uncomfortable. And we're not. No. We were more uncomfortable by the priest Mm -hmm. than we ever were this scene. There's some weird sighs and there's some weird gasps. And I just don't get Lucy's appeal. Mostly because there's nothing to her as a character. Like, she's a MacGuffin. Again. Yeah, I feel like this is what losing um, Bring on the Men takes yeah, away from I wonder... her, Is that she's supposed to be vibrant and full of life. And I, I never got that sense. So I would like to see a version with mm-hmm. Bring on the Men. Well, this is the thing. I feel like Emma and Lucy are supposed to represent the two sides of Jekyll. Not yeah. of Jekyll and Hyde, just Jekyll. Emma is the uptight, does everything correctly like upper class girl mm. and Lucy is fun and vibrant and full of life and energy and passion and that's what he wants to be which is why he likes her so much and also then why Hyde likes her so much yeah and we don't get any of that no but what we do get is everyone's favorite song like to return it's facade <laughs> what number is this I've lost count is gothic John Lennon going to die at last Spider. No. no. Of course not. Because we don't actually care about bad people. No. No. It's and just it's people shame. Like, who I really, wronged. I really like a scene where we kind of had, like, him with Hyde drinking and Spider being like, we're just alike, and Hyde killing him. For saying that. For saying that. Like, don't even. Just don't. I'm far better than you. Because they look the same by no, this point. He has the same spider hair. Yeah. Like, it's grim. Exactly. But what's really, really good is John finally meets Hyde. Yeah. And we get the way back. Mm-hmm. And again, I just, I feel like the transformation with Hasselhoff, like the writhing on the floor is just so silly sometimes. Yeah, it's a bit much. I get it. I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm criticising because that is a very difficult thing to do. Like writhing on the floor, like you are in pain mm-hmm. because your muscles are, li- it's going to be silly however anyone does it. It just looks quite silly. It doesn't here. help that Utterson just stands there. No. He doesn't even seem worried. And then we get, go on, John. Go on. Also well, silly. So to turn back into Jekyll, mm. he has to inject himself again. Yes. With like the reverse serum. Yeah. Why would you invent it that way? And also, 
at the point, like, once you turned into Hyde the first time and you realise that Hyde has to re-inject himself to become the good half again, yeah. why wouldn't you just be like, okay, I need to get rid of this drug? Like, I put it all in the bin. I think he's unlocked... The problem is I think he's unlocked Hyde as well, so that Hyde actually is starting to get to the point where he doesn't need the drug. Like, yeah. No, I agree, and yeah. I think that would be more interesting, yeah. but I just don't understand why you would... After you've turned into him, like maybe not once, maybe a couple yeah. of times. Maybe you turn into him, you've killed a dude. Maybe it becomes more like a drug. Yeah. Like maybe it's he's compelled to. It I must th- be. You know, like why is he destroying his lab? It, it, it felt weird. Like I would destroy my lab. I got confused as to who it was at this point as well. Like is it, it back to being? He's Jekyll. He's Jekyll at this point. So I feel like he needs to keep his lab intact because he needs to like save himself yeah i don't know he, he really can sing like i'm really liking his voice in this but mm. those arms i drew a little picture of uh david hasselhoff for drew oh my god yeah he rolled his sleeves up and it just looks so weird and he's got like his arms at two very weird angles yeah and it's like it's so melodrama yeah and... no he rolled so he rolled his sleeves up to re-inject himself yes. and he's got like david hasselhoff buff arms yeah. And then he held his arms up at such a way that one of them looked a lot longer than the yeah, other one. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was just really weird. You know that scene in the IT crowd when, like, it's the funeral where uh, Renham's died. And now, you know, new Renham shows up. He's like, Father! Yeah. That's, that's what, what this it's moment like. was. Yeah. <laughs> Jekyll's decided... That he needs to protect Lucy. Yeah, so we get to a new life. And I did... Right, so this is when the penny dropped. Is Lucy an escort? She's I a prostitute. That is my quote. You were that... escort? Yeah, because... We're in Victorian London. She's an escort. Mm-hmm. So he has told her to leave for her safety, but she doesn't see it that way. She's like, nope. I... No, she doesn't even no, read she it, doesn't. does it? No, she reads it. So she re- She doesn't read it. She asks Utterson to read it to yeah. her. He reads it and is like, okay, well, he wants you to take this money that he's sent me here with for this random prostitute. Yep. Utterson must be so confused right now. Yeah. Because he's met her before. I've paid my whore. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that bit in Moulin um, Rouge always breaks my heart. Sure. Like, oh, that's so sad. Anyway. That's so sad. <laughs> and it's sadder than it is here. Because I, I yeah, she's got a great voice, but I don't care about her. Yeah, but so Artisan reads her the letter and it says, take this money, go somewhere, get just get on a train, go and build yourself a new life, go to the north. Like, off you go. Now She's been banished like Jon Snow. Work, yeah. And she's like, oh my goodness, I could do so much with this money. I could... I could get out of here and start a new life and that would be amazing. Gonna build me a wall. <laughs> Movies you'd rather be watching. And she doesn't even really get enough time to consider it. No, because we have pathetic fallacy. Well, here's the whole... The, She's the gonna whole die. The whole way through this song, what were you thinking? It's just like, it's raining. She's gonna die. She's like You know, something bad's about to happen. We get sympathy and tenderness surprise and yep, she's dead. Yeah, I just don't... Like, this song... There's no way she was ever going to live through this It's a really funny bit where 
after he's killed her, he kicks her and she just rolls off the stage. Yeah, she rolls into the orchestra <laughs> It's great. But they put her on a gurney and we get a weird shot, like the one shot in this whole show where it's off stage as they're pushing the gurney off. It's so, so jarring. As if we're supposed to care about her yeah. so much. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it's like, it's not like Spider-Man 2 where he's collapsed, you know, pulling the train to the stop and all the New Yorkers are pulling him up. Yeah. Like, this big moment no one cares about lucy which perhaps we should and like perhaps i'm just being mean i didn't care for lucy i didn't get her we go into i think honestly my favorite song confrontation but with who <laughs> i really I wanted to set you up you. ah Jekyll. yes this is what i want this is what i wanted this was what I wanted from this musical was Jekyll versus Hyde in song form. You're way too excited. I this. loved this song. I thought it was so silly but good. And the use of lighting was really effective. Like when he's Jekyll, the lights are up on him and then the shadow on Hyde's face. And I just love that this song is currently trending on TikTok. It yeah. just makes me laugh. But just specifically the I live inside you forever. No. <laughs> Yep. And that he has to turn quickly enough no, to do but that. He is. And do you know what? It doesn't look silly. I have to confess, no. I don't think it looks silly. The half here. hair thing as yeah. well, because when he turns in his Jekyll side, mm. you really can't see it. No, I th- I honestly think this is, is yeah, absolutely cool. incredible and worth watching this whole show for just for this moment. It was, it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. And do you know what the best bit of this song is? Finally, David Hasselhoff takes off his top. What the Does moment we've he? all been waiting for. Yep. I obviously didn't notice. Nope. Yeah, so they're in the, the lab arguing about this. Yes. And then it's his wedding day? It's facade. Yeah. Lucy is dead, I've written, because that's when they wheel her off. Yeah, Lucy's dead. And John provides exposition and Jekyll marries Emma. And we get finale. He doesn't. He tries to. Yeah, but... No, I know, but Jekyll marries. So... No, they don't even manage to get married. Though. No, but it's like he's going to marry her. Yeah, so he arrives at the wedding with everybody there and when he arrives he's like visibly unwell yeah Utterson and Danvers are like you don't seem okay what is going on and Utterson knows at this point I have to admit I felt this was a really disappointing last song I just felt yeah like I felt like especially after having the beauty of confrontation could we not have just gone straight into it without any song it could not have just been like the ending and it just happens without any song because I feel like you've you, it's it's like Frozen, we build up with these really good songs and we just get kind of something mere at the end. I mm. like the Troll song and I like the next right step. I think they're both good songs, mm. but I kind of feel like we should have a Let It Go reprise or well, for the, the first time in Forever reprise. Yeah. And I just feel like they are missing a song because we shouldn't end on these songs because it's not. And I guess obviously the difference between this and Frozen is this is a bit more of a mature one, but it just feels like such a anti-climatic final song yeah so Jekyll dies yeah I I really what I thought was really clever is having John and Danvers standing out standing at the altar before the transition so they're standing telling the story oh they've already got onto the stage and they're already on stage with the altar and mm. then the the curtains come and I thought that was really really clever direction and we get let's hide speak yeah. And then he comes... That was really silly of Hyde. So he's going to be caught now. And he, he was murdering he in front of everyone. He already knew he was going to be caught, yeah. though, because Artisan's already... Yeah. He already knows. He's murdering in front of everyone. 
But it turns out true love is the way to break the curse. Mm. Because Emma appeals to Jekyll. And then poor John has to kill his boyfriend Mm. in a church on their wedding day. Mm -hmm. Basically. And for never was there a story of more woe than that of Jekyll and his Heidi-o. Do you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. Well, I have two fun facts. One, when David Hasselhoff is playing Jekyll, he's right-handed. Yeah. And when he's Hyde, he's left-handed. That's clever. I like that. That's really That's a nice little touch. And my second thing is, you know when they're doing The Way Back and he, like, stumbles and falls down? Yeah. That was David Hasselhoff just falling over. He didn't plan that. He was just, like, exhausted. (laughs) I can't blame him. This is a very physically (laughs) demanding role. I I feel like... I think he's on stage for the whole show. No, he has a few lines off, yeah. There's very few shows where the lead character doesn't get at least a scene on stage. No, I know. And even this when he's getting a scene, he is having a quick change to get himself into Mm. Hyde or Jekyll. I feel like this ending was just a little bit too rushed. And considering, like, how much slow build there is before he finally injects himself mm-hmm. it's really unbalanced which i guess appropriate for a jekyll and hyde about being unbalanced yeah but i i was kind of hoping for like a finale like sweeney todd where like all these different pieces come back together like all these different songs coming back would have been really really fun yeah but it just kind of happens and it's very neatly all wrapped up in a bow and you know i guess you know maybe that's true to the 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 book and the source for me it was kind of disappointing as an ending Mm, i agree like especially when you have got such a long act one can we have more of act two like can we have a few more murders from hyde during act one yeah and hyde in act two is 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 like more developed can we see their relationship more Mm -hmm. i but i i had a i had a a blast i had a blast good who's your mvp I mean, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, I never thought we'd be on this podcast saying, like, the most valuable player was David Hasselhoff. I don't know what else you could really... I thought John was good. Yeah, Artisan's good, and uh, both Lucy and Emma are very good performers and singers. I Personally, I prefer Lucy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they've got enough characters that I would ever say... Not the character, the actress. No, no, I know. The actresses are incredible, and everyone who's performing in this is so talented and so good. I don't think I could ever count them because you could. I feel like there are times where I could just have this story told without one of them. But I think whoever would be playing the lead role, whoever plays Jekyll and Hyde, is going to be the MVP. Not of this if show. it's done badly. Like you know how you were saying to me, like there's you know badbeasts.com. Oh, yeah. should be a badtrek.com. Like if the costume ruined it, you would not necessarily have the lead do it. Mm. And I think if you had somebody who's really bad as Jekyll slash Hyde, you would look for another MVP. But yeah. David Hasselhoff was really good. I I really, really enjoyed. Absolutely enjoyed. What is your best song? Bring on the men. <laughs> I will what never your, choose anything else. What is your best song that we heard this evening? <laughs> Bring on the men. Um, someone like you, probably. I love yeah. that song. That bit, that phrase, the bit that you sang for us yes. today beautifully. Oh, I, I mean, um, I wouldn't say beautifully. I'd say serviceably. But just specifically, that's that middle bit. Yes. The someone like you. That yes. gets stuck in my head a lot. Yes. And it did. I think. I think I must have heard that song on, on like a lame page, 
which I love Elaine Page. Oh, on we Sunday. do love Elaine Page on Sunday. 100%. Amazing. But I would, I think I heard it on there, and I just knew of that song for yeah. a really long time. And I think if you found so out when that I found song, out it was from this, I was like, oh. But also you'd be like, huh? Yeah, because it's a really pretty song. I have, I have to say, my best song was Confrontation. I'm I just surprised. think it's brilliant. I, I yeah. loved it. It's what I wanted from this, and it didn't disappoint. It, you know, once we got that song, I could have been like, this is so bad, mm-hmm. and not enjoyed it. I really, I'm really it. surprised you don't do um, Jekyll and Hyde as a part of drama. I might have to. For like physical theatre. I might have to. You know. We do Metamorphosis usually. Mm. What's your but... skip song? <laughs> <laughs> the song uh, we get five facade. times. Yeah, facade. <laughs> Who... We just really don't need to hear that song five times. No, no. We don't need all those different variants of it. It's just And weird. it's all basically the same. It is. Which role would you want to play in your two roles that you have presented Lucy, to obviously, because I would want to sing Bring on the Men. Yeah. I really would like to play Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. I hate it when I say like for that show. Yeah, I really hate when we do this. I'm like, give me the main role because I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't know. There's some shows where like, of course you're gonna pick the main role. Yeah, and it's like. And we're not doing this as if we would be cast as these. Well, characters. it's like if you could be an Avenger, you're gonna be Iron Man, or you're gonna be like someone who's in the Z list. Like more often than not, people would say Iron Man or Captain America. No, but they're gonna choose the main lineup as opposed to. Like somebody who's further down the lineup, you know, yeah. rightly or wrongly. I always try and strive for who would I want to play that wasn't the main, but I would have, I, I would love, 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 love to explore the good versus evil dynamic here. It's why I love Rumpel mm-hmm. Stiltskin so much because Robert Carlyle does such a good job at making you love him, but then going back and making you take 10 steps back and hate him. Yeah. And I would love to do that dynamic here. Um, on Instagram, before I share my review, I, I've got mm-hmm. one really fun little comment. You know, yeah. when I said we are doing Jekyll oh, is it and Hyde. From Izzy, the it is. Coach. It is from friend of the podcast, Izzy, the audition coach. Yay. Very simple. Yeah. I have no words for the Hoff in the title role. <laughs> I said, that is either a great review or a bad one. And her response, I won't spoil the experience by telling you. <laughs> I love that you enjoyed it. No, I know. Well, she said, uh, I said, we watched it. Wow. No words. I'm going to have to find some. I, I, I liked it. I think the yeah. Hoff was great. I Admittedly, I would very much like to see a version of this with a different actor. There Maybe is... an actor where I don't know them. So we watched this on YouTube because the yeah. whole show is on there. But there is also on YouTube the whole show with um, Rob Evans, yeah. who was uh, the Jekyll and Hyde. Which would be very interesting to see it with an actor I know nothing about. Because I do feel like I went into this kind of expecting the Hoff. Yeah, you had quite low standards, I think. To yeah, with. I mean, I like David Hasselhoff, I think. But like I said earlier... I How think, many stars did you give it? Have you said this already? Yeah, I think David Hasselhoff is sometimes meme level. I think he did good. I gave it three and a half stars. Cool. I, I really enjoyed this one. Not awful. No, it it Not felt great. like kind of trashy horror. Yeah. Which is <laughs> Give it two weeks. We will be on the trashy horror train with my favourite musical... Yeah, it's, not my it's it's one I really liked. I think there's faults with it. Like I'd like more development of Lucy and Emma. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to see more of Jekyll and Hyde talking with each other. Yeah, because I feel like we're missing out on a lot of that. And I do think I do think his version of Hyde was just not as imposing as it could be. For sure, those are my real issues. But I had fun with it. I think it was a fun musical. 
you know yeah. like I, I enjoyed it it was it was an experience cool. and one that if you have an opportunity to this spooky season i would urge you to experience too mm-hmm. so next week oh i can't believe it's finally next week so Yay. the day this episode goes live instead of you know hitting refresh on <laughs> on the pod bean tracker system mm-hmm. where are we going to be drew we will be at the theatre. Yes, we will be at the Southwark Playhouse I'm watching sure the last five years live. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. The reviews for this have been amazing. This is very weird that usually I'm the one who's like, I don't want anything spoiled. Mm-hmm. And you're like frantically researching everything. I haven't looked up anything about this. I've been following it on Twitter and I've been seeing you know a few clips. I haven't actually watched anything in performance. I've just seen pictures. And I've seen really, really positive reviews. Mm. I haven't seen anything. I know nothing about this version. No, and I think it's going to be... Apparently, it's been filmed. And it's going to be distributed online in November. So if you have aren't lucky enough to go see it, or if you're in a different country and you can't see it, you will be able to experience it yourselves and can maybe listen to us talk about it and then watch it yourselves and see if you agree. But what I think I've really liked is a lot of reviews have said this is the definitive last five Ooh, years. I want a definitive last five years. I want a definitive years. last five years. So next week, we don't know how next week's episode is going to play out, really. You know, we, we've, we've covered the last five years before. Yeah, this is it's probably be shorter. It will probably be shorter. Because we're not going to go into the history of it. No, well. we'll talk kind of about like, I, I'd say maybe we're going to talk about what we're excited to see. You mm-hmm. know, who knows? But we will be reviewing our first live piece of theatre in the last five years at the Southwark Playhouse. Yeah. And as Drew mentions, in two weeks, dropping a little bit earlier in time for Halloween, we are covering her favourite... My favourite horror movie. Of all time. Stage Fright. <laughs> yes. Now, all I know about that one is it has one of my favourite performers and singers in, Mr. Meatloaf. The meatiest life. I'm very excited for Stage Fright. I know that you've got a few fun stories you, you're looking forward to telling me as we talk about it, so we won't spoil that for you. Yeah. So you've got a good two weeks coming ahead. We don't mm-hmm. know what's hitting our November lineup quite yet, so if there's anything you'd like to see us cover as we start to head into the winter nights, please let us know on Twitter or Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. And you can email us on It's a Musical Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you like our artwork for each episode you can follow the lovely at icarus illustrations on instagram and on tiktok mm-hmm. and on twitter at icarus underscore illo yep you can listen to us as always on apple podcasts on spotify on google podcasts on amazon podcasts via the amazon music app on stitcher radio and on our og hosts we love them so much Podbean. You can also help support the show by keeping us caffeinated, as Jared Good has done this week. Thank you so much to at Jared Good. We love you so much for keeping us caffeinated and keeping this show going. If you would like to help support the show, please visit us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod and help make this show happen. We really are big coffee addicts in this house and it does make a difference i've had a great time talking to you about jekyll and hyde have you yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it i think it was a good one and one that i hadn't necessarily heard of before cool so if you are still with us 
check it out it is on youtube and it is it is very worth the time invested in it mm-hmm. and until next week where we will come to you live from the theatre yeah. we will see you next week same bat place same bat channel have a magical musical Monday. Thank you.